Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Welcome once again. The Growing in Grace podcast is back in all of its splendor and glory, which probably has no glory at all anymore. <laughs> it once had glory, it once had but glory. compared to, now I don't know, none, compared to something else. so many other podcasts out there that have come along. That's right. And that's good. I love what is going on out there. You know, we've been doing this for 15 years, and when we started... I don't know of anyone else who is doing what we're doing, but that doesn't make us out to be anything great. It just means that, you know, the Lord led us to do this through our time together in radio and through a friend who asked us to start doing this thing. And But now it's just so awesome to see the different podcasts that are out there. Podcasts have really exploded and there are so many other great ones out there. And I just love it because that means that the good news This gospel good news is getting out to more and more people. Lots of different formats for podcasts, lots of different subjects that people talk about, a lot of different focuses that people like to talk about. And so we'll just, we're going to keep doing what we do. And we just love that other people are out there also talking about this glorious gospel of grace. It is. Well, it is glorious. That's what we were talking about from 2 Corinthians and beyond over the last couple of weeks on the topic of the Ten Commandments and and how people kind of just have turned the Ten Commandments into some sort of a Christian religion combined with some new covenant things that Jesus brought in. And, And the mixture is what we want to try to avoid here. They're two very different things. Now, there's a lot that we can learn about the way things played out the way they did, looking through the Old Testament and so forth, the covenant that God established with the Jews. And Joel, you mentioned this a program or two ago, but it's important to point out that we as non-Jewish people, which is what 99% of the world, we as non-Jewish people were never invited into that old covenant. In other words, we were never under the law. We were never under those commandments. That was something between God and Israel. Once that was put aside, Once Jesus tore down the wall, the barrier from Ephesians chapter 2, the ordinances contained in those commandments, once Jesus tore that wall down, that dividing wall, that barrier that kept the Jews from righteousness and kept us Gentiles from life in general, because we were without a covenant, once Jesus tore it down, it opened up the gate of righteousness to us where we could experience life. But as long as those commandments were in the way, we couldn't get there. We had no covenant with God before the cross. We as Gentiles had no covenant. And the Jews were in a covenant, but it was a hopeless one where they couldn't attain the requirement of righteousness within that law. They pursued it and they fell short. Whereas we Gentiles didn't pursue it, but we attained righteousness by what? By faith. And the reason we were able to do that is because the law is not based on faith. It's not a faith, Paul said in Galatians chapter 3. The law is not based on faith. So think about that and, and stop to realize again that we're trying to help people understand the Ten Commandments were not something that was separated from the rest of the law. 
There's nowhere in the Bible that indicates that, in spite of what some verse pluckers might lead you to believe. And so this is exciting and good news. We've got something way better than that old ministry of stone tablets that brought death and condemnation. We're in a, a ministry of the Spirit that that brings life. And you, you brought up something, I, I think, last week too, Joel, from Galatians, or maybe we can get into that a little bit more this week, that we, we pointed out that if there had been a law given that could bring life or righteousness, then uh, it would have come by the law, but there wasn't such a thing. And then Paul also gets into Sarah and Hagar and the two covenants and describes how the one at Mount Sinai was a ministry of bondage. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> recently I found myself in a little bit of a quandary. I have a dilemma, Cap. I did a DNA test. Actually, I did three of them. And I found out that I am 99.7% Gentile, but I am 0.3% Ashkenazi Jewish. (laughs) You could run for president. (laughs) There you go. But so I'm trying to figure out, you know, there's 613 commandments. And well, I did the math. And so as... 0.3% 0.3% Ashkenazi Jewish. That means I have to keep 1.84 commandments. And I'm trying to figure out which one and then which <laughs> 0.84 of a commandment I'm supposed to keep. But that's a dilemma I'll have to deal with. And actually, uh, the other dilemma is do I have to die to the law? Because Gentiles, on this Gentile thing, Gentiles never actually had to die to the law. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I, through the law, died to the law. And so we talk about that, and sometimes we say that in passing, I through the law, died to the law. But actually, as Gentiles, we never died to the law because we were never under the law in the first place. Like you said, we were far off. Uh, I believe it's Ephesians two twelve. We Gentiles were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But it says now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, that's the Gentiles, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And so the cool thing about all this is that this law was given to the people of Israel. We Gentiles were far, far off. Well, me and my 99.7% Gentile, I was that far off. So it's not quite as far off. But anyway, we've been brought near by the blood of Christ, having nothing to do with the law. You know, so you were talking about this middle wall of separation. I think you were. Um, Ephesians 2 talks about this, how he himself, Jesus, is our peace. He made us both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity. What was the enmity? The law of commandments contained in ordinances. And he's talking about the whole entire law, all 613 commandments, so as to create in himself one new man from the two. So from Jews and Gentiles, God made one new man, thus making peace that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, putting to death the enmity. Again, the enmity, the commandments contained in ordinances. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off, Gentiles, and those who were near. That was the people of Israel. They were the ones that had the commonwealth of Israel. They were the ones that had the covenants of promise. They were the ones that were with God in this world for Through him, we both have access by one spirit 
to the Father. So that is encouraging right there. And it's another confirmation from the scriptures that we don't live by the law. We're not meant to live by the law because that's the very thing, as you were talking about, Kev, had to be torn down in order for Jews and Gentiles to come together and to be in Christ, this one new man, this one body, the body of Jesus Christ. We're all together in that one body through the blood of Jesus Christ and not through the law, not through anything that we do. There you go. And and I know that sometimes people will say, well, okay, I I know we're saved by grace through faith, but I, I just try to live by those commandments in order to, you know, live in harmony with with other people. But again, there's a better way to do that, you see, because when you try to live by that law, Jew or Gentile, if you're going to try to place yourself under that ministry, even though you're really not under it anyway, the result is an increase in sin. As Joel referred to briefly last week in, in Romans 7, when Paul said that, you know, that keeping the law actually caused more sinning. It caused more coveting was the example that he gave, one of the top 10 from that law. And so that's that's not the law that's written on our hearts. It's not the Ten Commandments or any other part of the law. It's, it's something different. It's a higher law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I mean, if you really had all of the law written on your hearts, you know, most people don't even have the Ten Commandments memorized, let alone the other 603 <laughs> commandments, rules, <laughs> and statutes. But Paul told the Galatians in, in chapter 3, before faith came, we were held captive under the law. The Jewish people were imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. But before that, he makes this comment. He says, if the inheritance that we have received through Christ, if that comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise, but God gave it to Abraham by a promise. And he says this, is the law contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law, Galatians 3.21. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Before faith came, before Christ came, they were held captive under the law. They were imprisoned until faith could be revealed. And once faith came, the law was referred to as a tutor or a guardian until Christ came. But now that faith has come, now that we're justified by faith, we're no longer, Paul is telling the Galatians, we're no longer under that old guardian. We're no longer under that old tutor. And then he goes on into the next chapter in, in chapter 4 to compare. Uh, and we don't necessarily have to get into it and read it. We've done it in the past. But he gets into explaining the two covenants, the old one from Sinai, where the commandments were given, which Hagar represented, and then Sarah, Abraham's wife, represented the new covenant because she gave birth to the child of promise. And so we have the ministry of bondage being referred to with those commandments from Mount Sinai, and we're no longer under that bondage because faith has come. Yep. And that's the thing. I, I love what you know Paul had said here about you know, if there had been a law given, which could have given life, then truly righteousness would have been by the law. But Paul said that the law that I thought would be life, I found out to be death. I think that's Romans 7 where he says that I, I found it to be death. But you know, so we have people quoting sometimes like from the Psalms, like from David. David would say things like the law is life, and I will follow all your precepts. David thought that there was life to be had by following the law. I think Paul, as a Pharisee, before he came to Christ, 
He had been taught the same things, and he probably believed and understood the same way that David believed, that if I just keep the commandments, if I just keep the law, there will be life. And Paul found, through Jesus Christ, that there was no life. There really was no life in the law. The problem of needing life, you know, sin entered the world through Adam and then death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. And so the problem was that we were all dead and we needed life. And Paul found out after years and years of being a Pharisee that there was no life to be found in the law. Righteousness wouldn't be found in the law and life couldn't be found in the law. It's all found when we eject the law and and realize that, yes, indeed, it's good, just, and holy. It had a purpose, but its purpose was not life. Its purpose was not righteousness. It was death and condemnation. And so, in Christ, we have finally found life. That's what we have in Christ, is life. Well, there's plenty more. You got something else there? Well, Joel, Joel if I can squeeze this in. Sure. I, I know people will say, oh, you're just promoting lawlessness. No, look. The way to escape lawlessness is to be delivered from a law that demanded something we couldn't attain. And so I, I just wanted to, to mention that because it, staying away from sin is a good thing. Okay. So we're, we're not saying that you can just, you, you should just go out and, and sin as much as you want. But we're saying that, that the power to be able to, to do that is, is found through the ministry of the Spirit and not through the old written code. Right, yeah, and so we'll have more on this next week because there are a lot of teachings in the church that really mix these two covenants, trying to tell people, yes, you're under grace, but you need to live by the, the Ten Commandments and or the, uh, the rest of the Law of Moses, and it really creates a lot of misunderstandings, and it really, you know, living by the law doesn't overcome sin. And so we'll have more on that next week right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace. Growing in Grace.